I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. In the ER, pain goes with the territory. That one hurt. Mr. Tough Guy finally felt something, huh? (laughs) A mangled hand. He's digging inside of your body. That's what you gotta do. An object in the ear. Or a dental abscess. When it hurts, hurts, it's an easy thing. It all hurts. And we're here to take that pain away. Look at you, you're standing up. Couldn't even walk when I came in here. Game changer today. The brain makes pain, kind of like the check engine light in your car. Pain is the brain's warning system that's supposed to protect you and alert you to danger. And in Texas, that danger could be racing at you, head on. Texas leads the country in fatal car accidents. And just because you're not medevaced straight to the hospital from the scene of an accident, it doesn't mean you're not in serious need of medical treatment. And at our location in Colleen, 20-year-old Samuel is lucky to be alive. I got ready to go to my first day at work. It was like a four or five minute drive. The car, I guess she missed her turn and she tried to brake real quick to slow down to turn right to get there. And I rear-ended her going about 30 or 40 miles an hour and my truck flipped and ended up on its side. And I had to crawl out the rear driver's side window. His sister, Michelle, is grateful that Samuel didn't become another tragic statistic. I don't know how he survived, to be honest, especially with just an art hand injuries. We're blessed. Four or five minute drive turned out to be worst four or five minutes of my life. Nasty! Ew, your finger is doing that. Your finger broke, bro. Dr. Mike Hasegawa left an entirely blood-free IT career to study emergency medicine. Now, he'll need to dig into Samuel's painfully lacerated hand to extract bits of glass that are likely lodged inside. So first things first, I'm going to numb it really good. Obviously, it probably hurts. 
Well, if I hit that hit glass. I think that's what happened. Yeah. Because on the stairwell, and when I hit the leg, it's on the back. Okay. And it broke it. I guess that's the only thing that can really okay. do something. Because what I see on the x-ray looks like either a piece of glass or bone. So I'm going to look around in there. Because if it's a piece of glass, I got to try to get that out. If glass is left inside the body, it can lead to chronic pain, internal bleeding, or in some cases, a dangerous infection. If left inside, with all the movement in the hand, it can actually travel through more tissue over time, potentially damaging nerves and blood vessels. There was a case reported in 2018 where a 62-year-old man retained pieces of glass in his cheek for 40 years after a car accident. And four decades later, the glass needed to be surgically removed. So Dr. Hasegawa wants to spare Samuel from a similar ordeal down the line. All right, ready? One, two, three, poke. Yeah, wait, what? You don't feel it? No. I'm just that good. <laughs> Just kidding. This medicine does burn. So this is usually like the worst part of it, okay? Ooh. That one hurt. Mr. Tough Guy finally felt something, huh? <laughs> it's on. <laughs> that part of the glass, the sparkling things? Maybe. I'm gonna take a whole lot of time to clean this thing. How long have you been doing this? Um, you know, maybe like, what, seven minutes or something? <laughs> nah, eight years or something. Okay. Okay, let me go take a look at the x-ray again. I'm gonna let it numb. Okay. After flushing the wound with saline, Dr. Hasegawa checks the x-ray to see if he can locate the foreign object he believes is inside before he sutures the wound. It's right there. It looks more like glass. I think it is a little piece of glass, so I'm gonna kind of dig around in there and get it out. Right on that edge right there. Yeah, all I feel is lifting your skin up. Yeah, all I feel is pressure. He's digging inside of your body. That's what you gotta do. I'm also working at our Helene facility today. After feeling pain for weeks, my first patient, Christian, has finally hit the point where he just can't take it anymore. It was uh, a few weeks back whenever my tooth started to hurt, started to feel a little sharp pains, you know, here and there. But about four days ago is when I really started swelling up. I just want to take a look at this. Was it a bad tooth in there? Okay. How much pain you in right now? When it hurts, hurts, it's an easy 10. Hi. I'm Dr. Rose. Hi, it's nice to meet you. This is Sean. Oh, yes. Christian. <laughs> I was told that you've got some pain on the right side of your face. Yes, ma'am. And that's been going on for a few weeks now? Uh, the pain, yes, it was swelling only about the past four days. Okay. Christian has come in with swelling to the right side of his face. And swelling can be caused by edema, um, infection, uh, allergic reaction. But he's actually concerned that there's an abscess. Have you ever had an abscess or any infection like this before? Mm -hmm. Same exact spot. Same spot? I woke up to a, a full face. They cut an incision probably about an inch long. 
And it was like a half a jar full of pus and blood. I was like, oh, gosh, okay. I thought I could handle it. I thought I would go back down by itself. Oh, no. It's just getting worse. You're not ready for this point. When an abscess occurs in the mouth, there are some ugly complications that can arise. Okay, I'm going to lift up your lip here, okay? In the oral cavity, you have different nerves that connect to your brain. Right here. Mm-hmm. This all hurts here. Okay. The trigeminal nerve, the largest and most complex of them, supplies sensation to the face and connects your teeth and gums and jaw and brain. So an untreated infection in the mouth can become a brain infection pretty fast. These things can get so deep into your tissue. Yeah, this all hurts here. Okay. In some cases, this can lead to an abscess in the brain. This is a worst case scenario. It can disrupt the blood supply, and if it bursts, that can mean permanent brain damage or death. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna inject some numbing medication right inside your lip here. You okay with it? Mm. <laughs> I know it doesn't sound great, but but then it'll get you really numbed up. Oh, it's those long needles. I don't know if the length really matters. <laughs> it stings a little bit when it goes in. I am going to use a very small needle, though. Small is relative, right? The needle is actually pretty standard, and it's pretty long. Okay, you're going to have a pinch and a burn. One, two, three, pinch. The moment I started injecting lidocaine to numb him up for the procedure, pus started pouring out. All right, pretty see it coming mm-hmm. out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. And when that pus hits the tongue... That's a lot of pus that's coming out. It's a weird mix of salty and sour that, if you're not careful, can trigger a gag reflex. Are you doing okay? <laughs> nasty. Uh, oh, is it, here, open your mouth. Yeah, I don't want to swallow it. Oh, yeah. no, don't swallow. Just close your mouth real quick. He may want a mint. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here at the ER in Colleen, Texas, while numbing up Christian's oral cavity to treat a painful abscess. Good. Good job. There you go. The pus is already flowing. <laughs> and creating a real flavor bomb in his mouth. Oh, it, it tastes gross. Okay. I'm just going to get you numb a little bit more. It was just coming out a lot, okay? 
Yeah, I don't think you're feeling that anymore. Once he's numbed up, I need to make an incision to drain the rest of the pus. I know, it must taste gross. That's a lot of pus that's coming out. Draining an abscess is one of the most satisfying procedures that we do in emergency medicine because we know that we can get the patient out of pain by releasing all that pressure that builds up in an abscess. Oh, and it's pretty impressive to see the amount of pus that we can get out of these things. I'm gonna squeeze this out, it's gonna kind of pour out. The amount of pus that I've drained in my career would fill like a hotel hot tub or something. I can't even imagine what that would look like, but. <laughs> we try and, and not react as openly in front of a patient because we just never know how they're gonna feel about it. But you know, in our heads we're like, wow, this was really satisfying. But yeah, it's a lot of pus. <laughs> We're gonna keep milking it until we get no more pus left, okay? Mm -hmm. And I'm opening up these little pockets yeah. that are inside. Mm. Abscesses have the tendency to wall themselves off and create kind of like a spider web of pus pockets. I apologize for the visual. What's amazing is that these can grow so quickly in such a short amount of time. Oh, hold hold on, just hold on. Yeah, and spit. Just go but breaking up all those compartments of pus is the only way that these infections will heal. To prevent abscesses from forming, hygiene is the name of the game. You need to brush, floss, and visit the dentist on a regular basis. But even then, it's still not a guarantee. You need to take a break? No, no break, you gotta keep okay, going. Okay, keep going, all right, I got it, I got you, I got you. We're almost done, oh, we're almost shoot. done. Do what you gotta do, man. <laughs> Okay. I'm already in the chair. Okay, here we go. Christian has opted to run the marathon. So as I continue to drain the abscess, down the hall, Dr. Hasegawa believes he's extracted all the bits of glass out of Samuel's mangled hand. But the guy's lucky considering he's only received multiple lacerations after flipping his car. I came out with some tissue. There was a little bit of glass, probably like within here. So I don't think we got it by flushing it. All right, let's start closing you, okay? So the tricky thing with this guy's injuries was he had all these gashes with little slivers of skin um, real close together. And the challenge was if I close one of these together, it opens up the other. Yes, baby, that's your muscle. That's crazy. So the challenge was how tight to make them. And a lot of these lacerations were around his fingers, so maneuvering around the crevices to get to him was also a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't gonna come together super clean. You're gonna have such a dope scar. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yes. She's gonna come from now patches. You put a firecracker in your mouth? Yeah. I don't think I would advise that, you know? <laughs> Samuel is going to need quite a few sutures. Slowly but surely coming together. Imagine slashing a lot of deep zigzagging cuts into a banana peel and using a needle and thread to sew all the edges perfectly back together again. So Dr. Hasegawa has his work cut out for him. 
In the meantime, about 300 miles away, another case flutters into our Midland facility. I don't know if it's all the good barbecue in these parts, but bugs in Texas get huge. Now the human ear canal is only about an inch long and only a quarter of an inch in diameter. So you might be surprised at just how big some of the little monsters are that'll get inside. Just ask Ronald. Can you tell me what's going on today? Uh, this is my day off from work, so I've been working on my dune buggy out the garage. And then this daggum bug flew in my ear. In your ear? Yeah. Which ear is it in? Left ear. Is it still alive? Yeah. Yeah? Is it painful at all? It's really irritating. It feels like it's got some wings and it's down on my eardrum. Oh, gosh. Drives me crazy. Drives you crazy? I couldn't even stand up. Just uncomfortable. Makes me just unstable. Definitely can throw off your equilibrium, It huh? does, yes. Do you know what kind of bug it was? Not a clue. You didn't see it? When somebody starts to touch my ear, it starts flapping around. Gotcha. Dr. Greg Starr has been interested in medicine since he was a kid when he was a volunteer at a children's hospital and later while he was in college. Hey, Dr. Starr, we have a new patient. He's a 49-year-old male. Um, he's coming in today with a bug in his left ear. Alrighty. The first thing we want to do is kind of anesthetize part of your ear canal. But this kind of stuns the insect. Yeah. Try to look all the way over here. So we have a gentleman who presented with a insect in his left external auditory canal. The plan with him is to instill some lidocaine to stun or kill the insect and try to manually extract the insect from his ear canal. It may feel a little strange, you know, because he's not going to like. He's probably going to move a lot, okay? So just try yeah. not to grab. Sometimes they just crawl right out. You all right? Just be yeah. real still. I know it's uncomfortable. It'll feel much better to get the bug set. Let's give that a minute. The insect looked large and was kind of obscuring the whole ear canal. Doing all right? Yeah. Did it stop moving? Yeah, it hasn't moved yet. Since he put the lidocaine in my ear, I can't feel nothing. I mean, I don't, he's not moving around right now. Okay. <coughs> Sorry about that. It's still moving. <laughs> still moving? Yep. Anytime a insect kind of hits the eardrum, it can cause sensation of equilibrium uh, disruption. I'm just going to hold your head still. Don't hurt it. It's just... Yeah, just... just, just he's going to put a needle in your ear, so just try to be real still, okay? Sorry. The large bug that hitched a ride deep in Ronald's ear is bucking like a bronco as Dr. Starr tries to flush it out with lidocaine. But as the insect kicks and squirms, it's kind of unclear who's riding whom. Okay. 
Mm -hmm. Sorry about that. We just want to make sure it's dead. All right. Can irrigate it out a little bit. Since the insect is still alive, pumping the ear with viscous lidocaine will usually kill it and bring comfort to the patient. When a live insect is pushing against the eardrum, it can affect the signals sent from the ear to the brain. And that can bring on vertigo, which makes you feel like the room is spinning and even trigger involuntary movement in the patient. <coughs> in the inner ear, you have the vestibular system. It's a network of loop tubes that help us maintain balance and stability and spatial orientation in the body. Mess with that, and well, I'd advise against walking a tightrope until the bug in your ear is gone. All right, we're gonna get it out as soon as we can, okay? Sorry. Oops, there it came out. And it's still alive. What do you think oh. that is, doctor? Looks like a moth. That's it. Mothus, clothus, genusopus. Of the tens of thousands of insect species identified in Texas, we may have just found one more. Mothra, queen of the monsters. No moths were injured in the making of this film. <laughs> I bet you have to have that out, huh? Would you like a souvenir? Or... <laughs> you can have it. When it started flapping around, I was all over the place. He was fighting all the way out. Yeah, he was, man. I sure appreciate it. No problem, This one was a little bit unusual because this was a moth. Most of the time, it's a cockroach that crawls into somebody's ear at night while they're sleeping. Normally, the bugs are a lot smaller. It was a moth, so they're pretty big. So he, he must have flew just perfectly right into the ear. I couldn't believe how big it was. I can't believe how it got in my ear. It just flew straight in it. All right, that looks really good. It's all cleaned out. After I looked back in there, there was very minimal trauma. Um, he's gonna go home with some uh, antibiotic ear drops that will cover any bacteria that might have been introduced from the insect. Feels a whole lot better. I can hear actually out of it. I think that's that's about it. <laughs> that's right. All righty. Well, there you go. I sure appreciate it. If you need anything else, let us know. Okay. Are you ready to go home? Yes. Ronald's case was pretty cut and dry. Bug flies in. Bug gets stuck. Bug needs to come out. All right, sir, you take care and have a good night. You we'll just check out at the front desk. All right, thank you. Uh-huh, thank you. Back in Colleen, Dr. Hasegawa is still suturing multiple lacerations in Samuel's hand, an injury sustained from a car accident. Already 13 stitches in, and Dr. Hasegawa has plenty more sewing to do. Just to give you an idea, clean wounds need approximately five stitches for every inch. But jagged lacerations like this usually require more. So as the suturing continues, I'm just a few rooms down and I'm nearly done draining the pus from an abscess in Christian's oral cavity. 
Good. All right. Your twos looks fine. Yeah, we definitely got a lot of that plus out. You did great. Oh, you did. Oh, yep. Got it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, no, you're okay. You good? So I removed a lot of pus from Christian's oral cavity, and now I can understand why he was in so much pain and why he had swelling. How's that? So I think he's going to feel a lot better now. This this may drain a little bit more, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You do have that incision in there, and so you may feel a little bit of bleeding or some pus. Just spit it out. Don't swallow it. I'm going to get some antibiotics into you, and then I'll prescribe you some pain medicine. High five. <laughs> No matter how tough you are, abscesses can be one of the most painful and potentially dangerous ailments we treat. Oh, I think I had a tear. Uh, I, sure. <laughs> I saw that. Oh, you saw it. You I saw it. <laughs> because as the pus accumulates, pressure and inflammation pushes on the nerves, which can trigger intense pain. It's not like that long. It hurts. It does. As soon as you feel like your face is swelling up and it got something to do with your gums and your teeth, please go get that checked out. It's not worth the wait. It's not. Pus and blood. Al Capone. John Dillinger. Pretty Boy Floyd. Inanimate Cotton Swab. All declared public enemy number one. Well, for Jimmy Cottontops, okay, it's a bit of an exaggeration. But ask any ear, nose, and throat specialist, that seemingly harmless swab isn't as innocent as you might think. And at our ER just outside of Houston in Stafford, Texas, that's something Tanya is learning firsthand. Getting dressed this morning, I was attempting to cleaned my ears and I felt like it's kind of got stuck down in my ear. And I can feel it in there. I just want it out. And Dr. Habakkuk Garcia is the man that's trying to get that cotton swab in custody. I've always wanted to be a physician since I can remember really and it's just always been a dream. I even went to high school for health professions. I did residency in the Bronx in New York emergency medicine. I graduated from there in 05 and moved back to Houston, my hometown. I've been practicing as an emergency medicine doctor here ever since. And today, that dream could get a little waxy. Four bodies in the ear are a common problem that we see in the emergency room. In this case, this woman had sudden pain. As a result, she was concerned that it had broken off in there. Is it very painful right now? It's painful. It's hurting. So like on my way here, I had my Bluetooth headphones on, mm -hmm. and my husband called, and I had this one in, and I couldn't hear a thing. It was like, uh, kind of like a gurgling. The eardrum is a delicate membrane and can be punctured by a cotton swab. Also, when you press on the eardrum, it can push on the tiniest bones in the body that are attached to it. The hammer, anvil, and stirrup, which can mess with your hearing and balance. About 12,500 kids go to the ER every year with ear injuries related to cotton swabs. And that's about 34 kids a day. But the risks are the same for all ages. 
It was reported in 2019 that a 31-year-old man was rushed to the ER after a seizure. It was caused by a severe bacterial infection that started in his ear canal, moved to his skull, and into the lining of his brain. But after inspecting Tanya's ear, Dr. Garcia thinks the cotton swab in question managed to make a clean getaway. I don't see any, like, cotton or anything. Okay. Okay. Let me eat. This is kind of this hard ball of wax. Mm -hmm. What she had done was kind of pushed all the wax that was in her ear further into her ear, and she was having what, what we call a cerumen impaction. When you were using it, you kind of pushed it in and kind of blocked up your whole external canal, right? Mm -hmm. While there's no cotton swab in Tanya's ear, she managed to pack all her earwax in like a musket ball, creating a blockage. It can cause hearing loss, pain, dizziness, and ringing in the ears, and it's quite common. Every year, eight million Americans need procedures to get that wax out. <laughs> Dr. Garcia is using a small tool to extract the compacted cerumen out of Tanya's ear. For earwax removal, there's not an effective way to numb the skin that's inside the ear canal. Oh, Oh. And that's not exactly music to Tanya's ears. <laughs> While Dr. Garcia tries to remove the wad of wax in Tanya's ear with the gentle hands of an archeologist trying to dig out some priceless artifact. In Colleen, Dr. Hasegawa is putting the last sutures in Samuel's mangled hand. But his sister, Michelle, knows her bro is no stranger to pain. So what hurt worse, this or a tattoo? The tattoo hurt worse than this. <laughs> uh, did it, right? Yeah. Do y'all have tattoos? Yes. And he wanted a rose. And I was like, OK, where are we getting the rose? And he was like, on the neck. I said, on the neck. And here we are. You're so tough. All right, I think we're done. What do you guys think the official count will be? Uh, 23. I said 27. 21, 22, 23. Look at hey, you! Yes, hey. I should play the lottery. Well, not. Things could have been much, much worse. I've seen these exact injuries injure the arteries or even take out the tendons. Oh, <laughs> that's nasty. This little bubble right there, that, that. Flip your hand over. Ooh. The big thing for him is really going to be infection control. So that's why we prescribed him antibiotics and really educated him on keeping that thing really, really clean. We will see him back in about seven to 10 days and get those sutures out. Hopefully he has no complications and does really well with this. Do you see that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just three miles down the road from our facility in Killeen, Texas is the Army's Fort Hood. It's the biggest and most populated U.S. military installation on the planet. The point is, our Killeen facility gets quite a few soldiers and veterans. 
By the way, thank you for your service. I just visited my grandkids. He was out having fun and he decided he wanted to race. And me not even really thinking, just want to have a good time. Yeah. Raced him. <laughs> Definitely faster than I thought he was. <laughs> I won the race, but he won the war. <laughs> He's still good. I'm sitting in the hospital. 51-year-old veteran, Felaton, has sustained a painful injury that has him laid up. Right now, I'm pretty painful. I have fluid in my knee. I have pulled both hamstrings. They're bruised up. <laughs> Overuse injuries are very common in military training. Basically, it means when you do too much, too fast. So if you start running hard without prior training, you could get tendonitis, shin splints, stress fractures. Felaton hasn't been training as often as he did when he was active duty. While bruising from a pulled hamstring will generally heal on its own, his injury also caused a knee effusion or excess fluid in and around the knee joint. I just got back from Kuwait three years ago. After doing 20 years in the military, it breaks your body down. And when did this bruise pop up? My wife just seen it today. The knee popped up yesterday. I was trying to do my own doctor thing, rub it down, put some ice, put some heat on it. It got to the point where I couldn't take the pain anymore. Everyone has a little bit of synovial fluid or joint fluid in a healthy knee. But excess fluid can accumulate and make the joint puffy and swollen and very painful. It can be triggered by underlying diseases like arthritis or injury, which is the case here. It's estimated that about 27% of people will experience water on the knee. So the procedure we're doing is called orthrocentesis. It's basically putting a needle in your knee, drawing off that fluid. It's a pretty classic story. It's an injury, you've had issues with fluid in there, you know, on and off. Mm -hmm. You've had needles in there to draw the fluid off before and it made okay. it feel better. So I feel okay just putting it in and kind of drawing it off. Now, if the fluid looks kind of yeah. ugly, you know, I'm gonna send it off, okay? When draining synovial fluid, we're looking for a few things. First, how much is in there? A healthy knee usually has less than an ounce of fluid. Next is viscosity, like how thick and sticky it is. It should almost have a consistency of egg whites. Then you have color. Normally, it's clear or straw-colored. If it's cloudy, it might be infected. If it's pink, you probably have blood in there. Because I'm putting a needle you know, in your knee, uh, it's risk of pain, bleeding, infection if I inject bacteria into that. So I'm gonna do a lot of things to kind of keep it you know, clean, try to avoid all those things. How soon do you think I'll be able to, well, the, you know, the pain will like really subside and it'll go back to normal? I mean, if the fluid is the source of your pain, pretty immediate. Oh, good. You're not allergic to iodine, right? No. Okay. No. Gotta do it for the TikTok, right? <laughs> for the green. First, I'm gonna put some numbing medicine in there and then draw the fluid off, okay? Okay, no problem. Poke and burn, okay? No problem. One, two, three, poke. Tougher than me. That would be pretty good with needles. Alright, so. a little bit cloudy. So whenever we get knee fluid, our main goal is to identify for possible infection because if there is infection, it is absolutely gonna destroy that joint. 
Yeah, I'll probably need another one. While Dr. Hasegawa starts drawing out the cloudy fluid in Felton's knee, Dr. Garcia continues to extract the earwax from Tanya's ear at our Stafford location. Uh, uh. So it's coming out a little bit at a time there. I was able to manually extract some of it and relieve some of her pain, some of the pressure, but I wasn't able to get a, uh, all of it out. So maybe push the wax farther down right. with the cotton. Right, yeah. What you were concerned about is could there be the some cotton. cotton stuck in there, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't see that. Okay. What I see is just kind of a lot of wax kind of stuck up against your eardrum. Okay. What we're gonna do is try and wash out the rest of it here, okay? Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Am I hurting you? It's so weird. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I felt something break through. I feel like the room is spinning. Yep, it's because I'm yeah. messing with your middle ear. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, that'll spinning. pass. That'll pass. Uh huh. Uh, I feel like the room is spinning. I'm gonna prescribe you an antibiotic ear drop yeah. to keep this thing from becoming infected. As she was flushing it, I could hear like a pop. Like I guess it opened up. Like I could hear so clear. When we got the little bit of wax that we were able to get out, it kind of relieved that pressure and Indeed. that pain. It should be fine. Just, you know, be careful of that in the future. Okay. You think you're getting the wax out, really you're just pushing it in. In, okay. okay. Oh, I appreciate you so My much. My pleasure. We irrigated it as best Thank we could you. and got some of it out as well. We prescribed some medications that might continue to help. I'm glad this is done. It feels so much better. Now that Tanya's cotton swab days are a thing of the past, in Colleen, Dr. Hasegawa's already on his second syringe. Filled that one up pretty quick, huh? Draining a painful accumulation of fluid from Felaton's knee. Where does that fluid come from? Well, I think in your scenario, you got some bone-on-bone -bone action. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So you're gonna get inflammation with that, and then that brings in the fluid. Uh -huh. And then, you know, you get enough of the fluid, and it certainly causes pain, you know? So I can actually feel it deflating like a balloon. On the third one? Yeah. While at first it seemed this edema or swelling was due to a combination of a painful injury and arthritis, based on the color of the fluid that keeps coming out, Dr. Hasegawa believes there's more to this case than meets the eye. It's a little bit cloudy. You have gout? Yes. This could be gout. Um, yeah, it could be gout. Just when you think you know a guy, he goes and tells you he has gout. Gout is a kind of inflammatory arthritis that affects the joints, and it can be brought on by a combination of genetics and really an unhealthy diet. It's caused by a condition called hyperuricemia, where there's too much uric acid in the body, a waste product found in the blood. So when you have too much uric acid in the body, it forms uric acid crystals. Gout happens when these crystals accumulate and create some pretty hardcore pain and inflammation in your joints. Yeah, good thing I got that other syringe, huh? Mm -hmm. All righty. Survived. <laughs> so I'm gonna go and send this off just in case. Um, okay. I bet you we'll get gouty-like counts. She's gonna put a little dressing on there. Oh, okay. I bet you you're gonna feel pretty significant 
improvement because we pulled off 55 cc <laughs> so we weren't messing around you know <laughs> i should appreciate that there's 55 <laughs> that's a lot that's about a quarter cup of fluid which might not seem like a lot but it's about double the amount of fluid that should be in there we sent his fluid off to the laboratory they're gonna run a bunch of tests on it to really see if there's signs of infection, if there's inflammation, and really gout is kind of the thing that's on our mind. So there's probably some crystals that are kind of building up in the joints causing this inflammation and then, and then the fluid and then the pain. Well, look at you, you're standing up. Yeah, look at this. I couldn't do this, I couldn't even walk when I came in here. Still a little sore, but I couldn't even do this. This was a no-no. One of the craziest gout flares I've seen is a flare-up in the, the big toe. It can create these pretty impressive swellings um, where the, the crystals are almost breaking through the skin. They're called tophi. They're kind of pretty wicked looking when you first see them. If your gout is out of control and uric acid crystals keep building up, they develop into big hard lumps called tophi. And sometimes they need to be surgically removed. Because one, they're painful. And two, they can actually destroy the joint tissue. I gave him prescriptions for naproxen. It's an anti-inflammatory. Uh, it should help kind of cool off things in his knee. I also gave him orthopedic referral. It's the specialist that'll be managing these kind of things long-term. Hopefully it does well. Worst case, we may see him back if he has worsening pain or other issues, but we can easily handle him again. This is my, uh, my wife's 29th anniversary. So we was gonna go to Vegas this weekend, but if this knee wasn't together, we wasn't going, I was gonna have to cancel the trip because of uh, me being immobile. And if you've ever been to Vegas, you know you're gonna do a lot of walking. It's a game changer today. I'm so happy. I've been in the bed, bed ready for the past two days. So I had to come to the professionals and let them do what they get paid to do.